Um, talking to Gabriela Dittrikova today, um, she is a little bit of everything. She is a co-founder of a magazine called Vaginanomics. Uh, she is writing a book about love, um, the re-evolution or revolution of love, actually. The R is in brackets, so evolution of love. And she's an operation manager at the Femme Palette, which is an organization that supports women in uh, business, career development, and, and such things in the Czech Republic. She's born in Brno in the Czech Republic, which is the second largest city here, and uh, moved at uh, 17 to the UK on her own, where she went through a lot of uh, hard times, finding her way, becoming independent, and... Uh, yeah, got into some adventures, went on to um, creating that magazine, um, had some issues with the language, um, interesting ones, and uh, yeah, did the sexual self-discovery, that was interesting. Um, she writes about all this on her blog, um, which I will share in the link below the episode on whatever medium you're listening to. And yeah, it was a really, really interesting talk. Um, she is young, but very has done a lot of stuff so far, and definitely more, more to come. Um, she moved back from the UK to the Czech Republic, and uh, they see her as an extreme feminist, they say, but um, listening to her, uh, she's then extreme has taken on a different dimension than what I thought it would be. Uh, definitely had fun talking to her, and... Uh, the sponsors, guys, that's the old bar on Seifertova 21 in Shishkov in Prague. That's close to uh, Winston Churchill Square. Amazing place. Cozy to sit inside, good for takeaway, and has home deliveries as well on Walt and Bolt. Uh, great old meals, uh, organic skier, Icelandic recipe made specially for the old bar. Healthy goodies, juices, coffee, and great service and atmosphere. Um, one of the highest rated restaurants or bistros in the whole city. And that's no coincidence. You can check them out on TripAdvisor, um, on uh, Google, Facebook, um, and yeah, anywhere. Check them out, the old bar Prague. And then it's Alfred Jobs, alfred.cz, where you find jobs in three languages. Um, the page or the app is in three languages. That's English, Czech, and Slovak. And uh, probably by now in Russian as well. Um, Alfred is great. You can set up a, like a job board, so you get alerted whenever there is a job that is interesting for you. You're anonymous, so nobody knows that you're there. So you can actually, you know, kind of check if the grass is greener on the other side while you still have a job. And you can apply with one click if you filled in your profile. Free to use, anonymous, um, it doesn't take a lot of space on your phone, or you can use it on the web. Alfred.cz. Check it out. So, welcome, Gabriela Dietrichova. Am I doing your name right? Yeah, close enough. Hello. Uh, how, how would you say your second name? Uh, in Czech, I would say Gabriela Dietrichova. Dietrichova. Um, but I also have an English version, which is Gabriela Dietrichova. And, and Dietrichova, uh, is it like Dietrich, Marlene Dietrich? Unfortunately, no, no, but it, it's close enough, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's why I chose the um, creator's name, Gabrielle Ditt, because yeah. it's just easier for everyone. Yeah, when I when I actually, I, fu- I found you on, on LinkedIn, you wrote something or somebody liked something that you wrote on LinkedIn and I read it and I was like, oh, okay, this, this is an interesting woman. I'm going to connect with her and see what she's all about. And, and, uh, and then 
I found your page with this Gabby Dit, right? Gabriella Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I read it like I thought, oh, she's running an editing service. <laughs> because I, I read it completely wrong. Um, anyway, so Thank you. Uh, you <laughs> yeah, but I I know it now. Um yeah, you are a co-founder of something called Vaginanomics. Um you're writing a book, or well, you're almost done with it. you're reading it in now as an audiobook, right? Yes. Um and you're a blogger. Um you're a coach in a way. I mean you're coaching people No. <laughs> inspiring them at least with your writings. Hopefully um, so. And then you're an operations manager at something called Femme Palette. Correct. What are you? <laughs> I'm all of those things you mentioned. Mm. Uh, first of all, um, I like to have multiple tasks, multiple jobs, multiple projects. And um, one of them, one of the biggest ones you mentioned is the something called Vaginanomics, which mm. is a feminist platform. We produce two magazines and also variety of events and shop, etc. There was like the big starting point of showing me that anything is possible, although mm. it sounds like a terrible cliche. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, the other something is Fempelet, um, which is my day to day job, and that is mentoring, which partially is um, or is close to the coaching you mentioned. So mm. I am not a coach or a mentor per se. It's not my title. I don't have like certification for that. But I do love talking to people and hopefully inspiring them and having those interesting conversations. And that's also why I write because uh, I believe everybody has a voice. Um, and for me, the best medium is through writing either on the blog, gabrieldid.com or through the magazine or through the book. Uh, mm. Yeah. Which is and and fem. Fem, fem palette. We're not going to spend a lot of time on that. I'm just a little bit curious about that because that that's a female-oriented support network in a way, right? Correct. Yeah, uh, it's kind of a mentoring platform uh, where the goal is to give women equal chances and opportunities, but rather than um, focusing too much on equality i would say that it's more about the confidence and courage for mm -hmm. women to speak out for themselves to to find their own path and you know not be afraid to ask for it and who comes to you i mean who was the typical let's say protege or you know who who was the or a client if you want to call okay uh all sorts of predominantly women but mm. not only mm. uh who usually need a little push an extra push. Mm -hmm. um, and it's always great to have some kind of a cheerleader who helps you uh, make that step or, you know, is there for you if you need help. Uh, so like an average client would be someone who's either wanting to get promoted or wants to start their own business or maybe wants to transition from one career to another. Mm -hmm. um, and same with the mentors. They come from all different sorts of backgrounds. And then what we do is match them one-on-one um, and yeah, that's what I f do for a living now. Okay, well, that sounds good, and need it for sure. The more <laughs> the more women we have, the 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 more fun it is. Um, <laughs> but uh, I I know a little bit about your story, and I was curious. The more more I talked to you, and the more I I read of your stuff, the more curious I was because it, it's not like I mean you're born here in in the Czech Republic in Brno, and uh, but you're You've been in the UK and now now you got back here, but yeah, you you 
you took some turns in life that were not necessarily what one would expect, thinking where you came from in a, in a way. So if you ta- if you take me kind of back to the the start, you know, you you're born as I said in Brno, big family. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, born and raised in Brno, uh, very traditional background, very traditional family. Uh, one brother and uh, two lovely parents of mine mm. who always encouraged me to to do anything, anything I wanted. And, you know, really uh, made me feel that anything is possible. And that was like the game changer. So then when I came at 16 saying you know i want to move to the uk they were like yes of course just uh-huh. find a way to do it and i was like yeah i'm gonna do it of course nobody ever stopped me from doing anything so like my family is very uh small and traditional uh but it was really important for me in making this change and really like making big steps and changes because uh if it wasn't for them then i wouldn't be where i am today mm-hmm. but but how because it's 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 um, as I told you before we started recording. I mean, I've, I've met a lot of people that left the Czech Republic. Keep in mind, guys that are listening, because I have a, a lot of audience in the U.S. and Canada that don't know anything about the Czech Republic. Brno is the second largest city in, in the Czech Republic. It's in the south of of the country. It's a big university city, and uh, and given that, that when you actually eventually want to leave. Um, you're actually not like most of the people that I've met that are leaving a very early post-communist Czech Republic. You are leaving a very prosperous, uh, fastly developing, becoming nicer Czech Republic. But, but yeah. what? Why did you want to leave? What was the? What was you know? Why? Yeah, were you running from something or, <laughs> or just excited? I think I was just very excited. I um, didn't take up English up until I think like I was 12 or 13 years old and and I had to caught up with all my classmates and I just fell in love with it. And, and my aunt, who taught me English pronunciation predominantly, just made me fall in love with Britain. And I was like, I have to see this for myself. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to go and see what it's like and I didn't really think much about the rest and... It wasn't that I was running away from anything. I think I was pretty happy in the Czech Republic. Mm. I, I knew where I was going. I was very comfortable here. And maybe that was the problem because looking back at, at my life, and I'm 26 now, I'm often running away from comfortable uh, situations and I always want to challenge myself. But aren't you supposed to be comfortable when you're 16? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Isn't that what we want? We just want pizza and chill, you know? Yeah, isn't that what you want <laughs> every now and then? Yeah, not but all the time. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you you need to get out of the balance or out of the safe space to remind yourself what is it that is mm. comfortable. And I think it's also constantly changing. So I admire those people who have the same career for like 40 years and have one partner and the same set of friends throughout their life and are happy in it because I couldn't be happy in it and trust me i tried i can't change it mm. so um it's awesome if it works for them for me this doesn't work i just think there are so many opportunities out there that i want to mi- don't miss out on some of them mm. and that's why i'm constantly looking for changes and you know going from studying business to producing magazine to creating a book to working with people who want to get mentors it's just always changing and um that really 
really kind of um, draws me. Mm. So um, yeah, I just I just love changes, and I don't think much about them. I just do it and then deal with the consequences. Mm. But uh, were you a good student back in Brno? You mean were you were you doing sports? I mean, who who is little Gabby? Uh, little Gabby, and it's also shown in the book a bit. Um, was very uh, successful. I think a, a bit of an overachiever. Mm. Um, I was doing dancing and playing the flute and then doing in English and having all different sorts of hobbies and friends and excelling at, at school. So everything was perfect. Mm. And I think I wanted to get away from this perfection that uh, I was kind of dictated what to do and uh, always... By what? By... <laughs> probably my family the mm. most mm. but also my my ego and my pride because uh, I will always wanted to be the best at whatever it was I was doing I never wanted to stop doing anything because that would be failure in my eyes uh, but because there was so much pressure put on me either from from people around me or myself I wanted to get away from it as well and mm. but again it was something like I wanted to do and I wanted to be the best at when you know the stipendium uh the sorry the scholarship i got at that time there were three people f- from the entire country who got it and i had to have it mm. so it was always thriving to be the best and only where, where does that drive come from i mean now you mm. you have an older brother right it was that some competitive uh, thingy no, <laughs> absolutely not no my brother is um not competitive at all, thanks God. Mm. We're very, very different. Mm. Uh, it comes from from my um, the women <laughs> in our family. So my grandmother, my great-grandmother, they were all very, I guess you could say feminist mm. nowadays, uh, very strong, independent women mm. uh, who were just very, like, goal-oriented. And um, I didn't realize it back then that... You know, I never let go. I just hold on to something until it's completed. And I'm trying to change it now. But back then, I was just eager to succeed. Mm. And so you probably felt like you had mastered the, everything you could do in Bruno. And then <laughs> I need a bigger playing field, right? In a way. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because it, it just wasn't challenging enough again. Mm. I, I, I can, believe it or not, people, I, this man here on the other end of the microphone is... is uh, <laughs> Was competitive as well, um, so I, I I know what you mean. Uh, it it can be when you kind of feel that there is nothing in your environment that challenges you anymore. Or you're good at whatever mm-hmm. it is that you actually enjoy. Then it's very often a sign that you should go and do something different. You know that or find something else that that stimulates you. Do you think it's a sign? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I I I feel like uh, when uh, because if, if you. <laughs> It's like it's like playing a video game or a, or a game of chess or something. If you always win, you need to find a new opponent. You need you need you need something else because otherwise it just doesn't stay interesting somehow, you know. And and uh, so I think it's. No, I'm not sure all people realize this, and maybe not all people are motivated by this. But but a lot of those people that you mentioned that do 40 years in the same job and the same partner and so on, I think. Mm-hmm. In some way, they're either just motivated by something completely different, 
or they're just not reading the signs and they're actually not necessarily happy because they're not necessarily stimulated. But yeah, but actually you cover that in your book and we're going to come to that later. You kind of have a, yeah. You have, have have that in some way as a theme. I've, I've been able to sneak into some of it. But so <laughs> so the UK, you're you go there at seventeen. Is that even legal? <laughs> it is legal. <laughs> it's not uh, on recommended. Your, on, your, on your own, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I wow. I can't remember now, but um yeah, I was definitely alone. I remember the first time when I arrived uh to the school and it was late in the in the evening where which city is this where, where in the uk is this <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere it's west sussex mm-hmm. and i went to a college called seaford um i can't remember the little village that was nearby but basically you had to like obviously fly to london and then took a train to this uh tiny little village and from there you were supposed to get a cab but because it was so small late at night there were no cabs mm. and <laughs> Like, bear in mind, I couldn't speak the language back then. And I was just stuck there with my huge suitcase, ready to conquer the world. And I couldn't even transfer myself from the train station to the college. Um, So that just, like, really stick to my mind. Like a reality check. Yeah. that Because you have no one, literally no one to to call to help you. You're you're in another country and nobody's going to come and, you know, take care of it for you. Mm. You have to figure it out yourself. Um, so that was, uh, challenging, very challenging. Uh, but you just like find ways out of it. Sorry. I don't know if I'm answering the question. No, yeah, no, no, no. I was just thinking, you know, like 17, I mean, you hear about someone leaving at 20 or 21. I mean, but you're 17, you go on your own. And, and, uh, as you say, I mean, you realize when you come there that, that you don't really speak the language. I mean, you spoke some <laughs> English, but not. Not yeah. the way that they speak it there, right? So basically, yeah, you asked if it was legal. Uh, I'm sure it's legal uh, because there's the agency doing it. But you don't get like a guardian. You yeah, there's no foster family or anything exactly. on the other end. No. Yeah, you have the school and you are responsible for getting yourself physically there. And then they take care of you. Uh, but, you know, just this physical transfer from Brno to um Seaford College was was a big one, mm. but it did work out eventually. So yes, you are legally allowed to leave at seventeen, but bear in mind it was supposed to be just for a year. So mm. I was given the scholarship for one year and then was supposed to go back, but I was offered an extension. And um, yeah, I still haven't like conquered all the challenges that were there after one year. So I wanted to stay a little longer. It extended to seven years, uh, but it. It was just getting more and more exciting every year, I would say. Mm-hmm. But talking about the language, you mentioned it that, you know, and, and I, I um, uh, heard you talk about it elsewhere that you realized when you came that you didn't really speak English. And, and there were some examples of this where... <laughs> yes, there were. <laughs> Thanks for making me talk about this. Yeah, uh, yeah so basically... Um, I don't know how it's in other places, but definitely the the English courses or teachers I came across back here, they don't teach you the pronunciation. And even though my aunt was teaching me the pronunciation, it was a big, big shock. And luckily I was south in the south of England, which still has really beautiful pronunciation. Softer than in the north, right? Yes, yeah, yeah very much so. Um, so even though I was being prepared for this kind of uh, pronunciation, I still didn't get it. And I was 
for the first two months, I wasn't able to speak at all and didn't understand what they were saying at all either. And then uh, I found a lovely boyfriend of mine who basically his his family took me as like another theirs, child. Yeah. yeah, I was literally the, feeling like the daughter. So it was great that every day or every weekend I was confronted with the English culture and the uh, the the language as well. <laughs> yeah, there was this situation when um, I didn't know that the word "come" has different meanings. So um, that, that's C U M, right? That that come that we're talking about. C U M. I had no idea existed. Mm. So when I was like cheering, oh my god, I can't wait to come. Um, <laughs> they were just all like really. They found it extremely funny, and I wasn't sure like what I said. So I had to literally Google like multiple meanings of "come," like C O M E, and then I discovered this and. I don't think it was a coincidence. I think it was a, a, a sign of, of the future career that was mm. yet to come. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, uh, how was it, you know, so you, you get the scholarship for one year and then after that, what, are you on your own? I mean, m- money-wise or were your parents supporting you or how, how did that work? Well, throughout uh, high school, my friends, uh, sorry, my parents were uh, financially supporting me because I was uh, living on a campus and obviously I didn't have a car, so I couldn't um, like travel anywhere to, to work, but I was doing some part-time jobs at college, uh, but there was just like some extra money for the weekend. But then once I finished high school and I completed my A-levels, I moved to London or on the outskirts of, of London, and I started working for myself. And I made uh, a promise to myself that from then on, I wouldn't ask my parents for any money and would... This is at 18 or... or yes, yeah, mm-hmm. 18, 19. So, um, yeah, I started working and just wanted to financially uh, support myself from then onwards. Mm. And and uh, why was that? Why, why wouldn't it have been easier just to get money from home? It would, <laughs> of course it would. Uh, but yeah, again, I probably needed to prove myself something that, that I can make it on, on my own. Um, again, same with like moving abroad when you're not even an adult yet. I thought that I would be able to sustain myself financially in London and that was a very naive thought. Uh, but unless I tried it, I wouldn't believe it. Um, you took a lot of different jobs. What 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 was it exactly that you were studying at this time? I mean, so we we actually didn't say that. So what was the school about? Uh, so for A levels, I uh, thought I took the easy way. So I did uh, maths, economics, German. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound very easy. <laughs> I thought it would be. I didn't realize that I would have to translate German to English because I understood it in Czech, but I didn't have the words in English. So Mm -hmm. that was a funny one. Um, But then I actually went on studying in German at university. So um, it did teach me something. Mm -hmm. And then I did English literature, which was a suicide because we were like reading Shakespeare or Lord Tennyson in the original format, which Mm -hmm. even the British kids didn't understand. (laughs) So that was strange but um we had a great poetry teacher there was this lovely old man who just i don't know made me fall in love with with poetry and uh kind of showed me my way back to 
journalism or to writing in general because he like spent long evenings with me it was a boarding school and he was living there so I could like have evening consultations with him and he would just talk or read poetry to mm. us and that was just beautiful mm. so so I tried doing English literature obviously it was too hard so I dropped that and then completed A-levels in German maths economics which logically led me to a business school and it took uh, some figuring out to decide that business is not what I'm into predominantly. Mm. Mm. And during this this time, you you have a lot of different jobs, um, and one of them you you told me that you know how to iron shorts shirts better than anybody else. Not better than anybody else, but at a really high quality in under three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were cleaning houses, or, or <laughs> yeah, th- but they call it an au pair. Uh-huh. <laughs> But I'm sure a lot of girls or people, sorry, who who have been au pairs in the past uh, can recognize themselves in this because there is some childcare, of course, but mm. there's also a lot of like cleaning and stuff like that. And I was working for a really um, high position, a politician. And for this politician, he wanted to wear uh, a fresh new cotton shirt every morning mm. and had to had it ironed properly and not, until then I never ironed so I had to learn that very quickly but you know I left the job after like a month or so and then started working in a, in a pub and then in a cafe because otherwise it wouldn't be enough but then I had like a I don't know 16 or 18 hour long day and I just like collapsed mm. so um, it was figuring it all out and then I was even like working in retail, which was great because the, the hours weren't that long, but then there were no tips. So suddenly I didn't have all the extra money. And yeah, constant juggling. Mm-hmm. And this is in London? Also, mm-hmm. this was partly like uh, London Potter's Bar, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is like a village um, right outside London. And then it was also in Bath when I uh, started university there. Mm. That's a beautiful city. It is UNESCO, which is lovely, but not for a 20-year-old student. No? <laughs> Why not? Very limited access to party. <laughs> is it boring? Very. Uh-huh. It's where all the old people retire from London, so, uh-huh. you know. Okay, I, I, I've only been there on a business trips, uh, or, you know, and, and, and some business seminars, so I just saw the guided tour of the buildings and... The Roman walls and all that stuff. I mean, it, it looked nice, but yeah, yeah, I can imagine actually when you say it, I saw a lot of old people, a lot of old houses, <laughs> a lot of old people, so maybe not a party place. Nothing wrong with that. And there are actually two universities, so there's a lot of students. It's mm-hmm. just that the resources are limited and, and the city is beautiful, but it's always the same. Mm. And I guess that's, again, the problem. <laughs> mm. So, and that it's in London, right, that you get into this vaginonomics. Yes. So basically, uh, were you very graduated then, or or no? How 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 does this work? I dropped out of Bath, uh-huh. uh, so I joined to do international management in German. Mm. And from day one, it was very clear that they want us to work for like some of the big banks or investment companies, and mm. I just couldn't see myself in there. Mm. So I did finish the first year, and I got pretty good marks at the end of it, um, and just tried to apply to London. But back then I thought, you know, I never wanted to get back to London and never wanted to study design because that just doesn't pay enough. Mm. 
so I literally just sent off the UCAS and was like, let's see what happens. Mm. And and I got accepted. So instead of international management, I went to do design management, which sounded fairly similar, but was actually completely different. Mm-hmm. And that, that school was in London then? Yes. So mm-hmm. that was University of the Arts, London. Uh-huh. And, uh, and that's when you get into the vagina stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, w- w- yeah. Tell me a little bit or tell us a little bit about what, what Vaginonomics is. Vaginonomics is a feminist platform destigmatizing taboo subjects through mm. art and design. Mm. <laughs> That's like the tagline. But obviously it's, um, it's very complex. Why it started was that um, my partner who it co-funded with me was very into feminism which I guess we all are, but <laughs> she uh, was doing like a lot of research on on the topic. And um, we were also learning how to produce a publication. Mm. So together we agreed that it would be great to produce a magazine since we have access to all those resources, uh, but didn't know the topic. So we are looking what is not already out there, you know, travel, lifestyle, cars and all that. It's, it's all been covered. Mm. But there's one thing that isn't, well, probably more things, but one of the things that isn't covered yet is nudity, sex, menstruation, gender, things like that. And we wanted to find an angle which would be more accessible. Mm. So that's why we um, connected with over 30 artists who work on the two magazines uh, with us. And we just like tested it out to see how it would go and... Um, played with it and basically applied everything that we were learning into practice. And then once we had the actual product, we thought it would be shame to keep it just as a product for university students. Excuse me. So we started talking to different magazine shops and lifestyle shops in the UK. And they seemed very excited about it and started selling it. So Mm -hmm. that's how it kind of grew organically and naturally. And... uh (coughs) So you say it's uh, destigmatizing those topics. I mean, h- how do you? Well, first of all, why are they stigmatized? Or you know, what, what's what's the stigma? I mean, what what is it that you wanted to change with this? That's a good question. Why is it a stigma? Mm. <laughs> I mean, the way from your eyes, you know, like what? Why do you? What do you? Are there specific topics more of a stigma than others? or, or? To be honest, I don't know the answer to that. Why mm. is it a stigma? And there's very um, many aspects like culture, the way we're brought up, educational system, etc. Um, but what we were trying to say is that these topics are natural. For example, menstruation, right? Half the population more or less has experienced it and yet... A lot of people call it some nicknames or wouldn't talk about it at all, find it disgusting or something like that. Mm. And it's more about removing the element of shame from it. Same with sex, like some people don't orgasm during sex. Okay, if it's their choice, that's fine. But if it's not their choice and they're just not communicating their needs because they feel ashamed uh, and afraid to say to, let's say, their sexual partner... That is not good enough. That mm. that shouldn't be that way. But, you know, as with Pampalette, for example, people are more powerful if there's the 
the community and the support network to to help them. Mm. So that's what we try to create through Vaginonomics, the support network to to show people that, okay, if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. But if you do want to talk about it, that's also fine. And we're here to, to support you and maybe give you some tools or guidance on how to approach it. Mm. But like now, um, if, if I, um, I mean, I'm, I'm significantly older than you. Um, and uh, if I look at uh, how freely we express things today versus when I was younger, then I would, I would not somehow assume that that young women or young men or young people today actually feel that there is a stigma or you know that 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 they can't communicate is am i wrong in that i mean is it it's it's do, do you feel this as a young woman i think it depends on your bubble mm. where you in mm. um actually i think i experienced it in all the different um situations i've been in so um, it is still a stigma. Mm. Um, somewhere more than elsewhere. Um, we did obviously a little research, for example, on the number of orgasms with sex. Mm. And, and multiple researches have been done as well. And it shows that oftentimes it's women, but not always, obviously, that are ashamed to say it. And to talk about sex, but it's understandable because you know we're brought up in a way where the, a big part of our sex education comes from porn, and mm. what is that mm. showing us? Mm. So it still is a stigma, and uh, here obviously a lot more. I am perceived as this like aggressive feminist, which I never thought I was. Mm. When when I talk about it, when I say it's not okay if you can't talk about sex, pleasure, or mm. anything else with your partner or the other party who's involved. So, um, yes, for me and throughout the communities I came across, it was always some kind of fear or shame to talk about it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, it's interesting because in some way, you know, we have much more access to, to information. We have much more connectors between mm -hmm. like-minded people or people that are thinking the same. I mean, you have, you have much more... I don't know, like f web pages, forums, groups, yeah. organizations, and uh, and I mean, yeah, even associations of of, of different things. So it's um, because you know, my we we uh, we didn't even get sex education from porn because porn was just printed somewhere in the top shelf in the bookstore, you know. And and um, so it's 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 really interesting that despite all these mediums being available, it still seems to be stigmatized and or. or yeah, to be a stigma around it. But I'm curious what you just said that uh, that they s people see you as a uh, some sort of a extreme feminist. Um, <laughs> nothing that I've sh I've shown seen from you uh, would make me put you into that kind of category. I wouldn't actually put you in a category, but uh, definitely not that one. Um, but um, is that that message that you have like about? You know, female orgasm, menstruation, um, gender, trans, and all, all all these different topics. It works differently here, right? In the Czech Republic versus in the UK. You you, we're in a different place here, right? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, but also the fact that I was starting this 
in London uh, gave us a huge benefit mm. because li- London is very diverse and very vivid and mm. we attracted all sorts of people which was great because we actually at least I think did manage to cover like a spectrum and that is some part of the message that we are all spectrum it's nice that you were talking about the boxes mm. because I don't believe in any kind of brackets or boxes or titles um, but it's easier that way and that's why everyone probably tends to do it uh, and this was to show that we are a spectrum. Everybody is a spectrum. Mm. And that is amazing. And just like by knowing your spectrum and showing the spectrum, we can actually like bring light to everybody's lives. Um, but to answer your question, in London, we managed to create this beautiful community of very uh, different people who weren't afraid to show it. Quite the contrary. They were looking into what makes them unique and then they were expressing themselves. Whereas here, um, <laughs> yeah, we, we're a couple of steps back, which is fine. Uh, it just makes me a bit upset that there's a lot of anger or maybe jokes and making fun around this topic. And as you were talking about the access, <laughs> for example, to information, yes, we do have access to a lot of information, but it's very hard to tell what is quality information mm. and what is um, just false information or what is false. So um, same here. We can access or we might have some understanding of the fact that there is not just men and women, that there is some LGBTQ plus community existing. Mm. But because we don't have the relevant access to quality information or maybe... Some people might not be so interested in it and it's easier just to make fun of it rather than dig deeper into what are the the connections and the background behind somebody, for example, for example, being non-binary mm-hmm. rather than doing the research and doing the hard work. They just turn it yeah, into yeah, a it's joke. The, the, easy, the easy way is the joke part. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, yeah. As you're and saying, I think these you know. jokes can be very, very damaging. Mm. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a Puritan, I hope, but um, it's just being more aware, empathetic, and understanding of other people's uh, characteristics or nature that would really help us move forward faster. Mm. But uh, so you feel if I try to understand like or summer there is more pushback here than it would be in london whereas in in london or in england when you when you come out with some content like what genomics uh you don't get pushback you don't get hate you do yeah you you still do Uh yeah it's just that the community is larger and again support you're looking for support so Mm. in london you will have a lot of people supporting you helping you but there's hate speech all all around the world Mm. um I was surprised that, for example, in Bath that we spoke about, which is a very, very conservative city, they did stock our magazine as well and it sells or did sell really well. Mm. So people are curious, but it's great when people do want to learn and understand it a bit more. Uh, but there will always be the haters, mm. anyway you are. But here, here it's a different. It's different because we we um, we have still here, unfortunately. Um, 
just some basic things like on, on gender equality between men and women is, uh, yeah, we, we are far behind. I mean, we have a bigger pay gap than a lot of other countries. Um, we, yeah, we, we do. I, I get, I, I often get the feeling that, that men here, um, yeah, I'm going to lose some, uh, that, that men here, they view their women as some sort of an attachment or a decoration or a property, and it's more often than not to to cover up for some sort of an inner insecurity about who they are in in reality, and um, um, and due to this, I can imagine that the female orgasm is not necessarily high on their priority list. <laughs> Sadly, not yet, but they don't know what they're missing out on. <laughs> no, 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 but uh, uh, it's a. Um, yeah, it's 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 just. I'm curious about like, what do you f- feel like? You know, are we five years behind here, ten years, or are, you, are we moving in the right direction? I mean, what what's kind of the state of the union here? You know, <laughs> I'm in no position to judge that. Uh, but you but are the hardcore feminist of this country. You should know <laughs> these things. You know? Don't put me in the bracket. <laughs> no, but um, yes. Women are oftentimes perceived as accessory, which is lovely if it's an independent choice of the woman. Uh, but there should also be the the space to say, no, I want to mm-hmm. have it differently. And that is fine too. Uh, there are tiny little steps towards, let's say, greater equality, whatever that might mean to, to each one of us. But uh, with the change of the ID, you don't have to put your your status, marital status, status there. Mm. Um, there are tiny steps, and it's going the to take a long time. The name also now you you can yes. a- avoid the suffix in the end of the name. Yeah, which obviously causes uh, or stirs the conversation, which in my opinion is great, mm. <laughs> uh, but a lot of people fear the change, uh, which is also understandable. Mm. And for example, the language—it's not ready for it in any culture. Non-binary people, they them pronouns is great that there are some pronouns but they can also be associated with something else so the the change is extremely complex and mm-hmm. it takes a load of i don't even want to say people like communities or organizations or whatever it might be to execute this change um and yeah we might be slightly behind but that's just because we have less people fighting for that change and and seeing it as important so Mm. you know i don't think it's fair to compare different countries because there are different um perceptions and different approaches Mm. uh it's just about trying to be more understanding Mm. say. but when you say this for example about the the pronouns and how how then the language let's take the language that that um as an example how that doesn't really capture or what do you say, or include what is needed to to be able to treat this mm-hmm. in the same way as a he or a she or a man or a woman. And uh, I mean, the the counter argument to this c- could be that okay, we're saying that we are gonna um, how do you say collapse or, or redesign a system for a major minority. I, I don't know even if a major minority is a word, but um, a very small minority, let's say, mm-hmm. of people and. Uh, I mean that that you know. Do you know what I mean? I mean, which is a, it's also a, a, an argument. It's also like okay, so 
Because, I mean, we do live in a democracy, we do live in a homogeneous society that, you know, where the majority of the people lives in the same way and have chosen this and blah, blah, blah. And for whatever reason that is, that then you, but it just keeps rolling like that, you know? And uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky... It's, a, it's tricky because this kind of... Um, how do you say? Um, these kind of matters are actually... I think it's really, really hard to explain this to people. Do you know what I mean? That that that, as you were saying earlier, they don't even maybe necessarily want to even go and and read about it or educate themselves about it. So it's it it it's doomed to be difficult. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And you know, I'm no expert on on gender or sexual sexuality. The whole mission was to provide a tool mm. uh, to approach these topics. Yeah. Um, and actually, in terms of, for example, non-binary, the co-founder of Agenomics, Cecilia, would have more to say about it, so I'd rather not go into it. Um, but it's not about proactively seeking the change more than showing understanding and making people who are brave enough and courageous enough to seek the change make them feel um, appreciated. Mm. Or not even maybe appreciate it, just leave them alone. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's this never-ending conversation. But there's, I don't want to like judge it or put opinions on it. It's more about being, um, yeah, being encouraged um, and just making sure. Because no change ever happens without consequences, mm. right? And it's mm. going to hurt and people are going to get uh impacted in some ways mm. which is hard and i know change is hard and it can have very damaging effects but it is in my opinion or from my personal experience necessary mm. because as we were talking earlier from a comfortable state you will never move forward Maybe a little bit on this also. So, you, you, you pick. There are different topics that you would talk about here than in 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 the UK, right? Yes. What can you mention me a topic that you would not talk about here, but you can talk about there as an example? Um, in 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 economics. So, for example, in the second issue, we cover male pole dancing. Mm. And uh, it's a really interesting story. Or we have the story of a drag queen. And it's just playing with this idea of like stereotypes and typical roles uh, of men and women and any anyone within the society, what labels we put on people and how we should actually reconsider that. But back, back in the Czech Republic, when we came with uh, the concept of a dynamics to some magazine stores, they were actually pretty impressed, but um, turned us down regardless because those topics are very foreign to them. Mm -hmm. They're not spoken of yet. And that's why we're thinking now that we're also planning to release a dynamics book that we would talk more about maternity, paternity, role of the mother, yeah. father, parent, uh, and a child. Because that is something that is more approachable. And, and these are very much topics that are on the agenda here as well, right? Yes, 
Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I was. I I think I said this in five episodes before, but I was very very surprised when I found out how this uh, the whole system here is not really. Um, <clears throat> female friendly when it comes to business and equality it's it's female friendly when it comes to motherhood yeah. uh, but not but not all moms want to be just a mom maybe they want to be also a businesswoman or also an employee or also a writer or whatever and yeah and i, I, I and I, but i'm i'm very happy to see that, that 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 in those 12 years that i've been here that i'm actually seeing discussion now publicly not just in some coffee corners you know about these things and it, it, it's a real chance but i can imagine that what you're saying that some of the topics that you could talk about in the uk are, are maybe yeah they're just we're not there you know like we, there are other things on the agenda let's say exactly yeah um the the czech president this is kind of a out of the blue here but he just sat on he said just a few days ago that that uh, trans people discussed him and um, he, he said that he could sympathize with gay and lesbian and, and he could understand that and blah 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 and, and that he I mean that he found finds trans people disgusting and um, or he said they disgust me um, which is maybe a different side of the same coin but um, and then you know he goes into saying that you know they're medically or, or surgically uh, enhancing or, or changing taking a risk and, and health and blah 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 and of course this has caused a big uproar and uh, and at first I was like oh what an asshole this guy is and then I started thinking well it's it's still his opinion you know he's still entitled to have this opinion but um, but he's the president at the same time do you have anything on this have you heard about this did you follow this or did you, I mean does this exemplify what 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 is kind of going on here in this country? Do you, do you feel that this is like? Uh, are there more people that that are going to agree with him than disagree? Mm-hmm. You're not running for politics. You can say whatever. <laughs> okay. Um, it's it's hard to to say um, anything really because it's just. Um, an articulation of an opinion that is not new mm. and that uh, many people are faced with on a daily basis. Mm. Not just trans people, just anyone really. Um, also, as you mentioned, this very traditional role of men in the society and of a woman in a society. Mm. Um, I didn't realize it was that <laughs> that much uh, embodied in mm. the Czech culture, but uh, when I was talking to my now partner about children, for me it was automatic that I would not be a stay-at-home mom. But seeing all the uh, new mothers around me, they all took it for granted that they are the ones staying at home with their child, mm. maybe working part-time, but that's it. And it's fine if it's their voluntary choice and if this suits them. But again, having the choice to to do whatever feels right for you and engaging the men in this as well. Because oftentimes here we see uh, that we're trying to put women into male's shoes and typically male positions, let's mm. say it in the corporate world. Mm. But we don't look at it as often the other way around mm. and supporting men in fulfilling the so-called typically female roles. Mm. Uh, and 
you know, now the conversation's stirring a lot, but still it's only in the boardroom for now and it needs to be taken out there. So sorry for not answering your question, but no. I just think that uh, this is just one example that obviously the media picked up on mm -hmm. that can happen to anyone any day. Mm. And uh, it's fine, we, we and all you make didn't mistakes. Really, and you didn't really maybe expect anything else from this guy. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, it shouldn't really necessarily come as a surprise in, in a way. Yeah, but again, people have to be really emotionally strong not to let that um, mm. negative messages get to them because mm. there will always be negative messages. Mm. And it's about listening to the people who you really care about. And if they love you, they would never intend to harm you. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah, he, I, I, all, I even thought about like, what if he, what if would, what if, what if he would have said no? I l fucking love trans people; they're my favorite thing. You know, I'd prefer I, that to happen. Yeah, but <laughs> but I think we would all have thought that he was lying. You know, you know what I mean. I don't think anybody would have <laughs> yeah. believed it. You know, so it's maybe like you know, shit is always gonna smell. So yeah. so we we shouldn't be surprised about about the, this from this guy. But it it's it's an in, it was just an interesting thing. You know, like. Uh, and it, it yeah, it, I just followed it a little bit online. It caused a, a, a very big kind of up, uproar. Um, but I think it's a good thing looking back at it because there's no such a thing as bad advertising. No, no, it causes a discussion. Exactly. And mm. the people who follow him might never heard about this concept before. Mm. And it makes them, hopefully some of them, go and dig deeper and find out more. Yes, of crappy information, but at least they learned something new and i think that's that's a step forward mm. yeah yeah and i mean i think i think the key word here is is to find tolerance because you know mm. I, it shouldn't matter to me what somebody else is doing if it's not yeah. hurting me then why why should, would i even care you know that is the end goal just yeah. focus on yourself and invest less energy in focusing on others exactly uh, you have some it, w it was interesting when y you told me that that we w with vagina we now I, I'm one of the vagina nomics people um, <laughs> that you had a problem with um, the name um, social media profiles and stuff like that. Yes. So what was this? So basically, our name turned down on almost all platforms. Uh, Instagram was the only one which accepted the mm. name vagina nomics, but then uh, all other social media channels. And also the British government turned down the name Vaginonomics. Uh, we never got much of a feedback on it. And obviously we tried like proving that vagina is a body part. It's not a swear word. It's nothing bad. Didn't work out. So most of the platforms we registered at Vnomics. Uh, and then it really like harms the brand because there's no mm. consistency across the channels. Mm. And it's an ongoing fight also, for example, with Facebook, which took most of our products down on our eShop, uh, even if they weren't showing anything uh, like rude. So um, this is the open-minded, tolerant Facebook <laughs> we're talking about, right? Yeah, That supports Black Lives Matters <laughs> and whatever. Yeah, of course. Mm. And hashtag Pride Month in rainbow and all that. Mm. So, But you can't say vagina on, on Facebook. No, you can't. And also, okay, like, so the, I'll, shop I'm going to publish this episode on on Facebook. Vagina, vagina, <gasps> vagina, vagina, vagina. It's probably going to get taken down. Yeah, so I apologize I in advance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, it's so and and awful. and 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 no answers. Nobody can tell you why. Nobody can justify no. this decision or argue for it or give you any any 
No, it just always gets declined. Um, yeah. And there was some picture you 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 had. There was some picture you shared with uh, Donald Trump, right? We did. That got to it taken down as well. And there was no nudity or, or no even the word sex or nothing. But you know, <laughs> if you can ever get hold of actually a physical person at Facebook, please let me know. Mm. Uh, and it's just like endless uh, email threats with some robots. I don't even know. It It took a long time to just to get over it. I think we've slightly given up on it for now mm. uh, just because there are other ways how to fight it. But definitely the uh, the system is not ready for it. Yet. No, it's, it's really, really interesting. I, I've had some dialogue with with some of those platforms about some of my stuff and and you could just as well send an email to god at god.com and and you will not get an answer you know yeah and it's 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 a bit scary because your 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 business you you need this for for what you're doing and and you're actually spreading a a positive non-violent message and i mean fuck it they can just market then uh, not for 18 and younger or whatever you know yeah but uh, it's 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 yeah it's strange. Um, so alongside all this, um, you've done um, a lot of self-discovery. I mean, yeah, obviously, as we go, we learn. But uh, you did some sexual self-discovery, which I read about in a blog post, and I'm very very curious about sharing with our audience. Take me through that a little. Bit. <laughs> Read my blog post for more details. Yeah, yeah. Um, so to give us at least. Uh, gist of it you know <laughs> i think it was born out of frustration um because some of the most exciting conversations that at least i have with my friends happen around sex mm. and we don't talk about it um throughout social media or at least again in my bubble uh but i did feel the urge to put it out there again mm. just to show that it is an option. And I did highlight that, you know, it it is not talking about any of my like previous sexual partners in general. That is literally my own reflection because one has to be really cautious about what it what we're letting out there because it might hurt somebody else. Mm. Um and I had my uh current partner look over it to say it's okay for me to publish it because it is under my name but obviously since he's my current partner now people might associate it with him mm. uh he was fine with it so it was good to go and uh, yeah it was just uh, a lot of self-exploratory um originally when we funded vaginonomics i wrote an article about masturbation again something that is not often or well, for me not enough <laughs> spoken of and now the same with um pleasure sexual pleasure discovering your own body and it's basically like connecting with yourself and I don't know if you have the same experience but for me if I'm not feeling good if I'm not in a good place I won't enjoy like sex as much either so I knew that I had to build a lot of trust but first learn to understand and listen to my body and literally like release all the tension from it and there are different tools like I talk about the sex toys there mm. sex with women men different uh experiences different sensations really mm. which is great because you know i think that's how you learn the most about you mm. yourself 
And then I just felt the urge to put it out there to make sure that people are also going through their own discovery journeys because I think it's a shame if they're stuck in a place where it feels okay and they might think that it could be better, Mm. but don't do anything for it and just Mm. happen. It will magically happen. So it was... It was a, I don't know, I was very, very afraid to let it out there and just, you know, put it into the world. But actually, it got so many hits that I definitely don't regret it. And there was no hate speech, which is mm. a miracle. Mm. And I can I can yeah. fix that. I'll, I'll go on and <laughs> do a little hate for you. Yeah, thank you so much. But, but I'm curious about this. So... So you, uh, because, you know, you, you tried a lot of different sex toys and you, you kind of in discovering your own body and, and sensations, you had different sex partners. And I mean, you write about all this, but why, why, what drove you there? Just curiosity or you felt that, oh, I can improve this or this is something that I should know more about or. Well, the end goal of Vaginonomics was to get all those sex toys for free and just test them out, right? Mm. So, um, hasn't happened yet, but hopefully one day. You know, it's just, uh, I don't know, walk the walk, talk the talk. A lot of the topics we were covering in Vaginonomics, and now I also touch upon on the blog, uh, were things that are stigma and taboo for myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not going to tell you that, oh, I've always had the best orgasms or the greatest sex, or I know how to have a perfect relationship, because no, mm-hmm. I, I had none of that. So I can understand people who feel the same way, because I felt that way, or sometimes I still do. And I was very resistant, for example, to sex toys. I was like, no, I don't need that. Mm -hmm. And then I slowly started trying and allowed myself to have that kind of experiences that just like multiplied anything I had before. Mm. And it was great, but I would never had it, hadn't had I had the, if I didn't have the support from, um, again, the network. Mm -hmm. Then my partner was like, let's just give it a go. And first time I tried it, I had no idea how to use it. And I thought it was so frustrating that I just wanted to throw it away. But then I started learning because, again, it was exciting and challenging. And how can you use it? And now, Mm. you know, sex toys is not just for the one person. You can use it in a couple or with more people. And it's just like giving you the option to spice things up and, and try different things. And Mm. I mean... Who would say no to that? I mean, uh, a lot maybe. of people do. I mean, yeah. like, like, but it's not just with sectors, but just in general to to mm. to know what they want and mm. to know what they like and to want more or to to try new or something. I mean, it, it it's definitely one of those stigma things. I mm. have a feeling, and and when we mentioned before that um, the women being, <coughs> let's say, an attachment or a decoration on the man. It's often I, you don't get the feeling that these that that in that case her sexual pleasure or or her needs are necessarily high up on the on the scoreboard. Yeah, that is true. Um. But why? So you but you <laughs> consciously go on a journey. I mean, it's not like just you know somebody goes and buys a vibrator and has fun at home. You know, you you you. you I mean, when I read the blog post, it's almost as you took it as a method- methodical... <laughs> well, I don't know how to say this. <laughs> yeah. It was like a methodolo- method- methodological? Yes. 
That sounds great. <laughs> okay. That that was almost like a process. You mm. were almost like you approached it almost like a, an investigator or a scientist yeah. in a way. But I like to look at things from from a different perspective, and mm-hmm. that's why I like to talk to different people as well because they make me see things through another pair of eyes, which is great. Um, and again, as we talked about the 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 space of comfort, mm. it's nice for some time. <laughs> But, you know, it's also nice to try different uh, Mm. things and explore and discover. And, again, if people are happy in the same format throughout their life, then great, good for them. I'm not. And I want to inspire and encourage others who might feel that there's still some unknown that might be exciting or fun. Mm. Just do it. What have you got to lose? Come on. Go after it. Yeah, exactly. And mm. also with your partner, like this woman being an accessory to men is just, ah, bullshit, makes me sick, but whatever. And it's actually more enjoyable for everyone involved. If you have fun and you enjoy whatever you're doing, it's not just sex, like in life in general, right? Mm. If you're passionate about what you're doing and can enjoy it fully, then you just like reflect it to others and everyone is having more fun. And I don't know, shouldn't mm. that be the point? <laughs> But if you go out with a post like this here in the Czech Republic and, and you, you you basically kind of put your own sexual journey or you know or, or this part of your sexual journey, let's say, you put it out there and uh, is there a pushback? There was no hate on this post. Yet, but until you ge- go and write it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean in general, could you come on television and talk about this? I think what helped was that it was in English. Uh-huh. So it doesn't get to those audiences that would be extremely shocked with it or maybe it is reduced i think i would go and talk about it on television now because again people who know me and love me know that i love to talk about sex sex toys pleasure Mm. so they wouldn't judge me maybe my family would feel uncomfortable and i'm sorry about that but they know i'm i'm a weirdo Mm. uh but no like People have to talk about it or somebody has to talk about it. And if it's going to be me, then okay, why not? <laughs> but did it, so if you, if you look at where you started that kind of self, let's say self, I mean, self-discovery is, I guess, is an, uh, it's, it doesn't have an end. It's an yeah. ongoing process, mm-hmm. especially in people like you that don't like uh, status quo, you know, <laughs> you, you want something, but, um, yeah. Do you feel that you ended up somewhere else than you were? Or did yes. you go? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Like I never thought I would be talking about sex in public and uh-huh. a lot about <laughs> the female body, for example. I had no idea. I, I thought that vaginonomics, you know, started in London and will stay in London. Mm. Uh, but it wasn't like with you Vegas. Took, you took the vagina <laughs> with you. I did. Mm. I, I take it everywhere, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, especially back here when I was talking to different shops and they said, no, we're never going to sell it. I was like, okay, well, that is the end of the genomics for me, at least for now. Mm. And then I started um, meeting different entrepreneurs, especially female entrepreneurs. There's a lovely community in the Czech Republic. And all of them have associated me with the magazine. Mm-hmm. And that was like the light bulb moment. Like, wow, okay, it's not dead. I'm actually a co-founder of a magazine and editor-in-chief of a 
magazine that is actually selling around mm. the world. You can't just like let it go. It's a part of you. And it's just like a good starting point that people do want to have these conversations. And mm. then they see me say the word sex or orgasm out loud and not making like, oh, what did I just do? Mm. But just making you feel natural. And that's the kind of uh, power I now hold. And if I do have that, then okay, I'll be happy to spread it. I never thought this would be the, the channel, mm. but let it be. But so doing this simultaneously, the vaginonomics and kind of, yeah, some sort of a cell discovery gave you the, it kind of removed the taboos. You, 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 you're fine being guppy that talks about sex in a way, <laughs> which you probably wouldn't have been maybe four years ago, five years ago. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And um, yeah, that's how vaginonomics basically saved me. Mm. And now uh, my girlfriends, for example, come to me and say, you know, we have this problem in, in the bedroom, as they like to call it, and things like that. And mm -hmm. I have to tell them that I'm not a therapist. I'm not a sex expert. I'm just showing that it's okay to talk about yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So. But that already puts you on a pedestal in a way yeah. because it's such a rare thing to talk about. It's actually not that rare. No, but <laughs> publicly, you know what I mean? It's, it's yes. not a lot of people that go out there publicly. But yeah. so, so, so basically you, you, you leave London, you get back here. Like if we go a little bit back to the timeline, mm. Mm. Um, why? Um, well, I guess I was overwhelmed with London. Mm. It is very hectic, very full on, and um, I felt like one one phase of my life was about to end. Uh, so I was actually supposed to move to Berlin with my previous job, and as I was taking break in the Czech Republic, repacking the suitcases. I thought, you know, maybe I'll stay over Christmas, spend Christmas with my family. That should be lovely. And then I already spent two months in the Czech Republic working remotely still for the startup. But also started looking around for other projects that mm. might be exciting. And I joined uh, one nonprofit whose founder is actually incredible incredible role model of mine and she took me under her wings and just like showed me the Czech startup scene and which is booming me. Yeah, yeah it is booming and <laughs> I, don't I mean know. since you left it, it started while you while you were away I, 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 oh, it, no, no it, it started and you came at the right time perfect mm. I'm glad to hear that now it's nice how how small and familiar it feels mm. so then you know I, I left that job uh, so there was no move to Berlin mm. and then I fell in love and had no reason to leave and couldn't leave really mm. with the pandemic. So mm. yeah, yeah. I thought, you know, let's let's try to do something here. But I needed a project. I, I couldn't just be employed. I have to work on something that is mine. Yeah, we have a little phone call here. Let's just uh, put that on silent. Very sorry. No, Time it's, uh, to go to Brno soon. Yeah, yeah, it's just a reminder. <laughs> Home calling. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so um, that's how I was supposed to move to Berlin, but actually got stuck here. And then I wanted to go to Bali and do yoga. Mm. And instead I started writing, writing, writing and thought, you know, how about I try to publish a book? Mm -hmm. So big changes there. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, I've, I've listened to parts of your books a book and then i read a teaser chapter i think that you put on your blog right yes thank and, you uh, i've been a good boy and uh, 
Um, I'm curious about the book. Uh, it's called uh, The Re... or Revolution. The Revolution of Love. But actually, the R is in brackets, so it's The Evolution it's of Love. Correct, yes. Um, <laughs> what is it about? It's about love and its different forms. Mm. Um, it talks predominantly about relationships, uh, not just uh, typical relationship uh, of two partners uh, having either sexual or romantic relationship, but it also talks about friendship. And then the key relationship there is the one with the self, mm. yourself. Um, so it's three short stories all describing different uh, types of the rela <laughs> all describing no. different type of the relationship um, some of them and pretty bad uh, because I just love drama I guess um, but it's just quite short and punchy and then it gives a lot of space for the reader to actually get engaged with the book to interact with the book because the the key message here is not read a story whilst you're on a holiday and then put it away but actually do get involved with the book um, and hopefully it'll get you thinking as the reader. I like to say that the reader is co-creating the story, that I just give some kind of rough guidelines, some inspiration. If you want to just relax with the book, then that's fine. But I like to make people mm. think when I'm having conversations with them or in any other situation. So this book is to, to highlight that you know, think about your relationships. How happy are you in those relationships? If you are unhappy or you want to change something, what is holding you back? Try to capture the state of your relationships over the next couple of days, let's so let's say. Mm. What is happiness for you? When I say you're happy in this relationship, what does it mean to you today? What does it mean to you in a week, in a month? Things like that. So, yes, it is love because for me, like, Love has always been there. It doesn't matter if you love your job or love your family. Hopefully you do love everything you do. Mm. Uh, and it's also a tool, again, that is more approachable to the to the end customer because a lot of people seem to care about whether you're in a relationship or, you know, how is it working or how is it not working out? Uh, why are you not in a relationship? That is typically for this market check. Czechoslovakian yeah. market yeah. and that's why I approached it because okay you don't want to see or have vaginas in your face but that doesn't mean that you should stop thinking about your well, who life who doesn't want to have a vagina in his face <laughs> what, who could say no to that I don't know I'll let you know when I meet someone yeah. <laughs> but uh, but uh, so so in 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 some sense I think you said it the book is in a way interactive in in it's not yes. interactive in the meaning of you know that you can press buttons and then something happens or something but it's more that it's a storyline but it also gives you fruit for thought you you like or food for thought sorry no food, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> food for thought that you're supposed to okay so when I was listening to 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 the part that you sent me I was like okay so if I picture myself in this, well, how how do I reflect on those things that are being talked about here? And you you kind of pause the story and say, but one part you said maybe write down what makes you feel good, why you know how you're feeling right now. So that, that it's it's kind of a story slash homework. <laughs> yes, yeah. So basically, you can pick the parts that you want, and it is interactive in a way that 
you know, print on paper mm. can also be interactive. Yeah, you don't press any buttons, but you mm. can rip it apart. You can pull those pages out. You can scribble all over them. You can paint in it. There mm. are, you know, ways to paint. There, and there are flowers and everything. So just do whatever you want to it, but please do something with mm. the book. Mm. And you, you, you said now just that, like, one... Yeah, you you mentioned this about the choice of not being in a relationship. Yes. Um, which is another thing, thing about the society here, that it, it seems to be like a very narrow path that you should follow. Uh, or if you're not, then you're kind of straying from the herd, you know? Like you're, you're not... Um, you're not following the, the the way that everybody else did before you, and and you know I often get the the the, the feeling that that especially with women if they are like at the tender age of age of thirty and they don't have a kid or a husband, then they're kind of yesterday's news, you know? Yeah, absolutely, and that's basically the same message, right? Just be yourself and don't be ashamed for it, mm. and hopefully encouraging others to to understand. Try not to judge, mm. but you know that is a very difficult concept. But it doesn't matter if you're black or white, or in a relationship or not. It's everybody's choice. But you know, as a lot of self-help books are telling you, like you just have to be emotionally strong and find ways to discover yourself, which I'm basically saying too. Yeah, but you're actually <laughs> more saying me telling me to be emotionally weak or allowing myself to be emotional. Mm, vulnerability yeah vulnerable yeah absolutely and that's a big topic because um again it doesn't have to be in your face but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't think about it mm. so the book is hopefully a safe space where you can write your thoughts or capture your your memories whatever it might be and nobody has to see it mm. but it is a way for you how to capture it and then come back to it so mm. you do give space and time to yourself mm. um yeah i think uh, the chapter that you, um, I think the chapter that was on the blog, that's the, the successful couple that is uh, having everything that we, from the IKEA catalog, everything that we're <laughs> supposed to have, you know. Yeah. But they're actually not happy. And it, it's, I think, I think often people don't want to see this, they don't want to hear this, they don't want to, because it's, it's challenging to change, you know. Well, yes. not for everybody. <laughs> you 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 do it easily, but you know, people often are afraid of changes and and so on. And I'm, I would be very curious to hear how, when I don't know if you'd be a bestseller around the world, then you may, might not have time to take calls from someone like me. But I'll be very curious <laughs> to hear about how people, how they will, how to say how the book will be received in a way here. You know. Um, I promise to give you a call yeah. <laughs> once it's live, um, which should be <laughs> in early September. So expect a call then. Yeah. So you're gonna make it as a print version and or e ebook print version or or and then audio. All of it. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's gonna be a print book, um, then an ebook as well, and then also the audio, which okay. part of you've heard already, because I like to play with different mediums and. You know, the, the book is just a starting point of the conversation and hopefully going to take me much further again into some more interaction with people. Yeah, some different uh, dimension, maybe on your page or something. Or exactly, mm -hmm. or even events, virtual or hopefully offline. And, you know, the, the, the message is still the same, just like be yourself and don't let anyone dictate you what you should mm. be or what you should do. Mm. 
Um, so I was just, um, yeah. I mean, you you're young, but you have lived, um, and and uh, and you're you're making a book. You publishing a magazine. Um, you lived abroad. Um, what is it that kind of, but in some way the the kind of commonality in all of this that I see that you do is that you you want to inspire people and help them or share with them something that, that can make them help themselves somehow. Is that yes. right? Is that... Ideally, yeah. I, I kind of gave up on this concept of trying to help others mm. proactively, which sounds awful. <laughs> but basically what I mean by that is that you got to focus on mm. yourself mm. because only if you're in a good state, you can spread it. Um, so exactly as you mentioned, hopefully it is inspirational for some, mm. uh, but it's more like me living the way I find fulfilling and mm. meaningful. Mm. And if somebody, you know, reads my story or hears my story or, just resonate with some of the thoughts I share, then it's great because, you know, there's already two of us there and that is a little group, a support community. So maybe it will give them courage mm. to to do something a little controversial. But you are in, in some way by, by kind of taking yourself into the spotlight or, or sharing, you, you are you're doing it for others, right? Or are you doing it just for yourself? <laughs> yeah to make me feel good you know <laughs> um i don't know if i intended to do this mm. i didn't want to put myself in the spotlight and even um with the book i never actually wanted to put my face on it but the statistics are cruel and actually posts with your face on perform much better and then i was like you mm. know i want to get the message to as many people as possible so i just have to follow some of those rules otherwise i can just keep my own diary and never have to bother with all the hassle of self-publishing a book mm. um so there is a bit of controversy around that and also you know just doing this interview is like, yeah, who wants to listen to you, girl? But <laughs> you've got to try. And I listen to a lot of people, even nowadays, who inspire me in some way. Mm. Uh, I never got to know them, but I don't perceive them as like selfish or self-centered. Mm. I just perceive them as a huge source of inspiration and mm. encouragement. Mm. And if I could be that to someone, then it's great. And if not, you know, we're all given some kind of body and face and thoughts. And we can share it, but we don't have to. And to be honest, nobody's got to listen to it. No, no, that's a free choice to make. I, I totally agree exactly. with that. Um, maybe one last thing. If you would have never left to the UK, um, if there would have been a more challenging environment for you back in Brno, have, would things have turned out differently? Oh, yes, I would be married by now, have a lovely husband and probably one or two children, maybe on the way, a mortgage mm. and uh, a regular job. You know? yeah. And it doesn't sound too bad, actually. No. <laughs> but I just uh, chose a different way. Mm. And to be honest, I couldn't be happier in this uh, space and uh, point in time. Mm. Uh, I think that the move 
made a big difference. The people I came across and mm. still keep coming across today mm. make a huge difference. And mm. that makes it even more important to getting to know yourself properly and knowing who you are and staying true and authentic, for the lack of a better word. Uh, because only if you know yourself and learn to love yourself can you inspire others. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very happy that you left because otherwise I wouldn't have found you. I wouldn't ever have found you as a married uh, mother of two in Brno, <laughs> having a regular job. I, I don't think you would have written a blog post about masturbation with sex toys. So glad you I found you as well, and yeah. that you moved. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if people want to know more about you, give me where where can they follow you? So there's there's the page. There is the blog, yeah, gabrieldit.com. That is G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-E-D-I-T-T. Yeah, <laughs> Long com. version. And I'll put links of all this in the episode description on whatever medium you're listening to. There will be links to Gabby's uh, page. Awesome. Social media? Social media, yeah, all the same. Gabrielle did Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you mentioned LinkedIn. There's my real yeah. name, actually. Yeah. Gabrielle Dietrichova. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Vaginonomics. Vagina-nomics.com. That okay. does exist yeah. <laughs> magically. Okay, and uh, uh, book is coming out. You think September or early? Yeah, the Revolution of Love will be uh, out in September. The English version and then the Czechoslovakian version is out next year. Okay, and uh, and if people want to know uh, see the book, then they, they, it's on your page. That's that's exactly. where it will be found. Yes. Uh, I don't know when I'll be airing this episode. We're recording this here in a sauna uh, <laughs> in, in July, but uh, hopefully just before or around when you publish the book. Um, and uh, yeah, guys, uh, okay. you yeah you can follow my show on Facebook. It's called The Bunker. How the hell did you end up here? That's the Facebook page. Instagram Bunker Prague or The Bunker Prague. I don't remember. And uh, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of everything. We kind of covered this. Uh, the the storyline here was a 17-year-old stubborn girl <laughs> decides to chase her dreams. And then she realizes that she can't sustain herself. Then she publishes a magazine and then she talks about love and in the meantime discovers her sex journey. And all of this in just, what is this, eight years? Yeah. That's pretty good. Thank I mean, we, 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 we were not here now for eight years, but you've done a lot in, in a very short period of time, and I'm sure there is more to come. There definitely is more uh, to come, but uh, I think, you know, anyone can do anything. When, so. I, when I retire and move to Bath, then uh, that's in 20 years from now, then I'll record with you again and see where you're at. <laughs> Lovely. I can't wait to go and visit Bath again and see you as well. So thank you so much for the yeah. invitation and oh, for um, allowing me to go through this journey and share it with you and your listeners. Thank you for coming and have a nice journey back home on the train. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye.